I really appreciate that. And it is great to hear stories like that, like Jeff's, uh, about how God works. And that's how God does work. He works in us collectively as a group, and he works in us individually as a group. And so uh, we are going to continue talking about that even more tonight um, by reading a passage of, of scripture together in Matthew chapter 14. And uh, I'm going to share a lesson with you tonight, and then we'll uh, close out in a song and, uh, and, that, and then have some fellowship together. Let me um, share my slides with you here. Hopefully you can see that okay. Tonight I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 14, keeping with this theme of growing faith. And I'm talking specifically about giving God control because so much of, uh, of building faith is about handing over control to God. We are people who like our control, right? Don't we? I mean, whether it's our TV remotes, uh, whether it's our air traffic, whether it's our favorite Janet Jackson song, right? Whatever it may be, uh, we are definitely people who like control. And, and there are times we should absolutely be in control, right? If you're driving a car, for example, uh, you need to be in control. If you're riding a bicycle, uh, you should be in control. Maybe you have little children and, and they're running around crazy and for their own safety and their own health, at times you're gonna have to regain control. And certainly, uh, you know, a fruit of the spirit and the scripture that the Farley's read just a few minutes ago talks about one of the greatest places we need control is with ourself. That is one of the big things that the Bible teaches us. But, you know, there are certainly also plenty of our of times in our life, in our circumstances or in our struggles where uh, God is really requesting uh, imploring, uh, requiring even, that we surrender control to him. And this can be incredibly difficult. Uh, but this is all part of growing faith. This is all part of us creating that fertile soil in our heart that allows uh, faith to grow, creating those right conditions. It is. It, it does involve surrendering and giving our control uh, to God of our lives. I'm going to preach to you tonight, like I said, from Matthew chapter 14. These are all things from my life, just so you know. These are things that convict me, that challenge me, and that I hold on to, and that I struggle and fight regularly to, to do. Uh, and I'm going to share them with you. Maybe, hopefully, they will uh, help you as well, as together we really try to grow faith. So let's look at this story, and, and maybe it can help us as we uh, become more comfortable giving God control. Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 22, it says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go to go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat 
walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Oh, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. When those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. What an amazing uh, story, a story you've probably heard before. I love this story. It's a classic of Jesus's. And of course, just this little passage that I read to you, there are so many insights, so much to learn and so much to apply to our lives. Let me propose three to you tonight. Let me give you three things that will help us uh, give God control if we truly understand them. First thing I think we can understand from this passage is this. God has his own schedule. God has his own schedule. You know, uh, so the disciples get into the boat, it says, and they go out on the lake. But Jesus doesn't go with them right away. And instead, Jesus goes up to pray. And some time passes between them leaving, them parting ways, and then coming back together later. It says that Jesus sent them away. And then it says in verse 23, when evening came, uh, that's, that's when they got, that's when Jesus sent them away. But then the squall comes up. And then around, uh, and then John says, and, and Jesus is up on the mountain, and he's praying. And so eventually Jesus makes it to them. In fact, John's version of this says that they had rode out like three or four miles. So it wasn't like they were right there. There was some time between the time that they began to be nervous about the squall and these waves that were coming and the time that Jesus got there. Jesus wasn't there right away. Why? Well, it doesn't say why, but I'd like to propose to you that God has his own schedule. And this is something that we can see and apply very easily to struggles and challenges and difficulties and troubles in our life. I don't know about you, but when I am in difficult times in my life, I often am tempted to go, God, where are you? God, why are you not here? God, why aren't you responding? Why aren't you doing what I think you need to do? As if, you know, as if God is like my butler, you know, like Carson, you know, God, I, I've summoned you, Lord, where are you? But, uh, but the truth is, God has his own schedule on how he operates. You know, we, should, we can remember back to what we studied last week, week on faith and uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you don't see. And uh, when, when troubles come our way and it doesn't seem like things are going the way we think they should be, and we can't see things happening in a timely manner, this then becomes the perfect opportunity for us to have faith, for us to be certain of what we don't see. Though we don't see the schedule, though we don't see the plan, though we don't understand, it is the perfect opportunity for us to begin to grow and hold on to our faith. Why? God has his own schedule. He appears, he does things according to what he thinks is best. 
best. You know, faith is remembering the nature of our relationship with God. And sometimes I think we have to be reminded. Isaiah said to the Israelites in Isaiah 29, verse 16, he said, you turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, you did not make me. Can the pot say to the potter, you know nothing. So Isaiah is challenging the Israelites and, and you know, to remember the nature of the relationship. God is God and we are not. God knows best and we don't. God is not limited the way we are limited. And so what may seem like God acting slowly, what may seem at times like God not responding properly to us, is God acting on his schedule. Is there something in your life right now that God is calling you, pushing you, urging you to be patient, to, to wait on his lead, to trust in his timing and understand his schedule and, and trust in his schedule? His schedule, his timing is so much better than ours. Because again, God is not limited by what we're limited by. We're limited by time. We're limited by physics. We're limited by, uh, you know, this world, this material world, this, this temporary world that we live in. But God isn't limited by any of those things. His perspective is so much greater and so much bigger. So I hope to encourage you with this and help you as you strive to grow in your faith. You strive to hold on to your faith, to remember God has his own schedule. Proverbs 3, verse 5, it says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. If we want to be people that give God the control of our lives, which I know we do, that's why we're here, right? That's what we believe. But if we want to really be that, then it's going to take understanding that God has his own schedule to really. Point number two. I think we can learn from this. Not only does God have his own schedule, but God also has his own solution. Right. Think about this for a second. Uh, in John's account of this same story, the, the Gospel of John, there was only one boat when Jesus sent them away. And he put them in the only boat. He sent them away. So then Jesus goes up on the mountain to pray. And they're being tossed around. And Jesus doesn't show up right away. He doesn't, he doesn't rush right to, to, to aid them. They're out there tossing for a little bit, at least. But when it's time for Jesus to show up, he doesn't have a boat. And what does he do? Well, he just walks to them. And that's, he just walks on top of the water. Why? Because God doesn't get stumped. God has a solution. And this is something that we can absolutely remember and apply and hold on to in our lives, is that God has his own solution. You can see 
how creative God is. Really, very specifically, in the things that God has made in creation. I mean, God is incredibly creative. God thinks outside of the box all the time. Look at this. This is called a leafy sea dragon. That is a, a real animal that floats in the ocean. <laughs> that, is a, that is something God made up. That is God's creation. If you and I were in charge of creation, we wouldn't have thought of that. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Look at this thing. This is a Venezuelan poodle moth. That's a bug. <laughs> that's not something you want to see like crawling around in your bed one day. That's for sure. But um, that, I mean, God made that. Look at that thing. That's amazing. That's, I mean, it, again, not something I want to run into, you know, anywhere, but I mean, that's amazing. That's the creation of God. Look at this. This is the English Angora rabbit. That's a rabbit in there. Under all that hair, that's a rabbit. I mean, that is, again, this is God. If, if you and I were in charge of making the world, if I was in charge of making the world, I never would have thought of making that. You know, I'd make maybe a few things, but God's level of create, creativity is extensive. And the Bible is full of this. The Bible is full of examples of God being creative with his solutions. Think about, we read about Moses in the Red Sea a couple weeks ago. The Israelites are stuck. They're, they're, they're trying to leave uh, Egypt, and there's a, a water mass in front of them. And then there's the angry Egyptians coming to capture them back. They're stuck. So what does God do? Well, God just separates the water. He just parts the water in half, and they walk right through, right through on dry ground. I guess Jesus could have done the same thing, but that might have really freaked out the guys in the boat. If he did. But I mean, again, God is creative. Joshua is fighting a battle, and he's winning, but it's getting dark out. And so he needs more time. So he prays. And what does God do? God just stops the sun in the middle of the, of the sky, just sits there and extends the day. I don't know how that works. I don't understand the physics of that. Like, how did the earth stop or the sun stop? I mean, how, how did that? It doesn't matter how it happened. That's what God did. That's how creative God is. Think about Abraham and Grandma Sarah. Hey, you guys are going to have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Oh, but you don't have any kids, and you're well past the age of having kids. Doesn't matter. God made it happen. Think about Peter. When it came time to pay taxes, Jesus said, hey, Peter, your taxes are due. I want you to go and catch a fish. Oh, that makes sense, Jesus. I'll catch a fish. I'll take it to market, and I'll sell it, and then I'll have money. Thank you. Jesus said, no, no. You're going to catch the fish, and then you're going to open its mouth, and there's going to be money inside, and you take the money out. And then you go pay your taxes. I mean, this story that we're reading, right before this story that we're reading, Jesus had a dilemma. 5,000 people have been gathered listening to him speak, and they were hungry. So what does he do? Order Chick-fil-A for everybody? No. He finds a, a boy with some bread and some fish and feeds everybody. God sends his son to the earth to, 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 uh, to teach us to be the light, and the, and the people kill him. They kill him. So what does Jesus, what does God do? He just 
brings him back to life. My point is, is God has his own solutions and he is incredibly creative with what he can do. He can think of solutions that you and I would never come up with. He can come up with solutions to your problems right now, whatever they may be. He can come up with solutions that never crossed your mind, that you never even thought were an option. That's how amazing God is. That's what he did when, when the disciples were on the boat and he came up to this obstacle, no boat, uh, you know, no problem. And he just walks across the water to them. God has his own solution. I do need to warn you, though. All right, there is a warning in here. I, I think there's a warning. God's solutions can be terrifying. All right, they can be terrifying. In fact, in verse 26, Jesus' solution to no boat was just walk across the water. But verse 26, back in our text, it says, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus' response to them was what? Verse 27, he immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Sometimes when we're in the middle of our troubles and God presents his solution, it can be a little scary because it can be outside of the box. It can be outside of what you're thinking should happen. It could be outside of what is, you know, you, you feel should have happened. I mean, God's solutions can, can, can throw us a little bit like it did them. But just like Jesus said to them, God says to us, remember, take courage. It's okay. You can embrace God's solutions because it's God. Take courage. It is I. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. God has a solution. And his solution is worth us giving control over to. God's got a solution. God's got his own schedule. God's got his own solutions. And finally, God invites us to step out. God invites us to step out. He's got, a, he's got his own schedule and he's got his own solutions. But even in the midst of all of it, he still invites us to step out. As Jesus approached the boat and they realized it was Jesus, Peter yells out, Jesus, if it's you, you know, call me out to you. Let me, let me come out to you. And Jesus says, come on out. And what happened? Peter stepped out. And then Peter walked on water too. Yeah, Phil, but, uh, but he sank. He did. But he also walked on water. I mean, you've never walked on water. I've never walked on water. But he did. Yes, he sank. But he did walk too. You know, the point is that, you know, sometimes we get afraid of sinking that so afraid of it that we don't ever step out we get so scared of failing that we don't take the invitation to step out on faith you know fa failure happens it does happen 
in, in our lives. I've failed many times in my life. It's kind of fun that, uh, you know, Larry was mentioning how Jeff Arias will be here this Sunday. He is the uh, evangelist for our sister church in Madrid, Spain. But Jeff is also one of my oldest uh, Christians, Christian friends. And I've known Jeff since I was in high school. And um, uh, about 20 years ago, Jeff and I decided to start a business. And uh, we started a seafood restaurant. And uh, we'll let, let Jeff give you all the details. But after about seven really brutal years, we, we finally threw in the towel because we just failed. We, we, we just succeeded to run that business right into the ground. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, that I know well, actually, it, maybe it does somewhere out there, but but it was a failure, and you know I learned a lot of lessons from it. But one of the the greatest things that I've learned I learned from that, and I learned from all my failures, is that with God, failure doesn't have to be fatal. Even Peter, as he began to sink, it, he didn't drown. Jesus picked him up and lifted him out of the water, and that's the beauty of of our failures in Christ is that they're not fatal, is that God can help us. He can lift us up. He can, when we blow it, when we make mistakes, he is there to pull us up out of the water. Is God calling you in some way to step out? Is he calling you to step out by faith? Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's at school. Maybe it's at home. Maybe it's in some relationship. Maybe it's in your faith. You know, we talked about last week also that faith prompts actions, that true faith really drives us. When faith is really genuine, it does drive us to step out and, and, and take an action that we might not otherwise do, it, it, take a step of faith. You know, God invites us to step out on faith. You know, Peter, even though he did sink, yes, did teach us the secret of walking on water, the, the, the secret of walking by faith. The, the, the secret is you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. That's the secret. You have to keep your eyes on Jesus no matter what the circumstances. But Phil, there was wind and waves all around him. Yes. And the moment that he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the raging circumstances around him, he immediately began to sink. And so the secret to stepping out is having laser focus on Jesus, on Jesus's promises, on Jesus's words, on, on Jesus, and not allowing the circumstances as loud as they may be. And I don't know about you, but my circumstances can get loud. They can be demanding but keeping my attention focused on Jesus. This is the secret to stepping out. This is the secret to walking by faith. What do we learn? We learn a lot of things from this passage. Uh, we learn uh, when it comes to giving God control and really allowing our faith to grow, that we got to remember God's got his own schedule. He, he doesn't operate on our timeline. He, he's got a timeline that's way better than ours. He's got his own set of solutions, solutions that stem from incredible creativity. He sees ways around our situations or through our situation that may terrify us, but 
may ultimately be the best thing for us. And he invites us then, like Peter, to go ahead and step out on faith, keep our attention on him, and step out on faith. The amazing thing about this event is that it changed the people in the boat. It changed them. Their faith grew. In verse 26, they saw Jesus and thought he was a ghost and were terrified. By verse 33, just seven verses later, they are proclaiming him as truly the son of God. So faith can grow quickly. Faith grew very quickly in this situation. And we have many opportunities in our lives that faith, if we will let that, if we were willing to give control over to God, that we can, we can see faith grow quickly in our hearts as well. In fact, this is a good gauge. You know that you've begun to grow in your faith when you look at God in your circumstance and you, and you think, God, where are you? God, you know, God, are you, a, you know, are you a ghost? Are you not? You, you, you think one way, but then you begin to think differently about God and see God for who he really is. And you begin to see him for his true, true power. This is, this is how we know that our faith is beginning to grow. So let us follow his lead, his direction, his spirit. And let's let faith really begin to grow.